Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network, presented by Extreme Threads. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. All right, lacrosse fans, you heard the man. It's time for LAX Class. Take your seats. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified once again here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time, just doing our part here on Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for joining us. It's Jake Elliott. It's Evan Schemenauer back with you as week seven from the National Lacrosse League now in the books and lots to talk about on this upcoming episode that you're joining us on now as we have two great guests as well from the Colorado Mammoth, Ryan Binesh. Will join us in about uh, 30 to 40 minutes time and about 15 to 20 from now. My man Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm will join us on the program here as well. So uh, good show lined up. Welcome back, Evan. How was your weekend after uh, a big week seven in the National Lacrosse League? Well, always nice to have a couple Sunday games. Um, still trying to get over my eye strain so I can actually get a random thoughts article out, but uh, yeah, no, uh, a lot of surprises, uh, and that's the key with this league. You cannot take your foot off the gas regardless of who your opponent is because you will get burned. Yeah, that was my really my comment uh, after last night's game and, and the week it kind of wrapped up that just once again the NFL or the NLL, excuse me, proving you just cannot take a night off and that you have to earn your victories in this league. A lot of uh, surprising scorelines coming out of week seven, so since we call our our final episode or our final segment of the podcast, who you got, Evan? I'm thinking of maybe calling this one who we had. Uh, so we go back, we revisit our picks from the week before, we tally up our yearly totals. Who we had here on Lacrosse Classified for Week Seven in the National Lacrosse League? Let's get going, Evan. We got a lot of games to cover. Five of them, in fact. As the first one up, Philadelphia Wings at the Toronto Rock. It was 0-5 up against 4-1. Philadelphia had this game in the bag. Toronto with a late run. Kevin Crowley's 10 points, not enough. Toronto over Philadelphia, 13-12 as the Rock now 5-1. Philly still in search of their first win. I thought the weekend was not going to start well for our picks here, Evan. I thought Philadelphia was going to win this game. Give Toronto some credit. That's that's That record that they have now is not a mirage, ladies and gentlemen. 5-1 and one for Toronto over Philadelphia. This was a great game. Yeah, and of course, Toronto is the master at this point of winning close games. They lost a close one to Georgia, but three of their five wins, one goal. Now, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. They are a poor shot selection by Philly and a fourth quarter Philly collapse away from being three and three. That's just how much parity there is right now, but they got those wins. They're five and one. They're up in the top of the pack. Uh, Philly, you cannot get a 60-minute performance out of them. I don't know why, but you can't. Before, it was always they couldn't get the first 15 minutes, and they tried to c- come back the last 45. 
This game, they cut the warm-up short, seemed to work. They were up 6-1. We're all thinking, oh, boy, okay, here tonight's the night. And somehow in that fourth quarter, they fell asleep. They didn't. They stopped playing. And they out, got outscored 7-2 to two and lost the game. I'm At this point, I am not going to feel sorry for the fact that Philly is 0-6 because they've done it to themselves twice at this stage. Yeah, I I mean, I, I want to chalk it up to expansion growing pains, but I don't know if you can. Like, I, I don't know if you can at this point. Uh, it's It's been a tough go in Philadelphia. I mean, I think you saw some really good things at a buck in now in goal, and I think he's the guy moving forward. Like, I, uh, the more minutes and the more saves he makes, the more comfortable he gets, and We'll talk about it in, in who you got coming up, but uh, I think Philly is right on the brink, and their record not really indicative of how good that team is, which is unfortunate, but 0-6 is 0-6, and at the end of the day, you can't uh, keep making excuses. you got to put wins in the column. We need to move on, Evan, because we still have four more games to cover here on who we had. Buffalo at Rochester. This one, not really close. A high-scoring affair, a desperate Nighthawks team in front of 8,300 fans at Blue Cross Arena. On the back of Austin Shanks' seven-pack, puts up seven goals for the Khawks to Shanks. Reza Terrence with seven points as well. Nighthawks going away, winning this one in convincing fashion over the Buffalo Bandits, 18-13, your final. And an interesting stat from Graham Perrault is uh, stats of the day. 18 roughing liners in this one. I-90 rivalry, back in good fashion. That's a record. Um, yeah, it is. So, no, since 2005. Oh. Uh, it happened. Yeah, okay. it was okay. since 2005. Um, here's the one thing that I really liked about what Rochester did. They finally decided to go inside. Buffalo had pushed out. They went inside. Austin Chang's got it going. They forced Buffalo to play on his defense, and when they did that, then those 20-foot shots started to come open. But in past games, they had not even bothered to go inside, and the defense could push out. They finally got that fixed. Now, are we going to continue to see Rochester do this? Are we going to see them go on a similar run to last year where they were 2-6 and six and then make them a final? possible or is this a one-off we'll have to wait and see in the next couple of games we will find out we know that much so just to recap here we both had toronto we both had buffalo in that game so one and one after the first two of the weekend the third and final game of the saturday night and this was an intriguing game, a game that means something in the standings for that final playoff spot in the West. It was the Mammoth at 1-3 and three, taking on the 1-5 Vancouver Warriors. Evan, you had Colorado. I had Vancouver. This game went back and forth. I thought after the second quarter, okay, it's going to be the Mammoth's night here. Give Vancouver some credit in, in front of their crowd, looking for their first home win on their season a late comeback, four goals from Logan Schuss, including the game-tying and game-winning goal in overtime from the bus. And I've said it for the Warriors, Evan, that when Logan Schuss has a big night, Vancouver has a chance to win. He did that. Eric Penny getting the start. We'll talk about that later, about Aaron Bold not being there and Eric Penny getting the start. But give him some credit. He's actually at the top of the standings as far as goals against average goes, even though... It's a small sample size, but 
Mitch Jones with two pipes in overtime. You thought, oh, man, they're not going to get it done again. There's Logan Schuss with the winners. He finds some garbage in the slot. And a desperate Warriors team for a win on their home floor come through 11-10, to 10, as I predicted on who you got last week, Evan. 11-10, the final for the Warriors in this one. Yeah, after those first two shots went off the post, it was like, oh, this just is not going to be their night. But you got to give Schuss a lot of credit, a lot of heart there to get inside, uh, get that ball. Colorado's problems, once again, that offense is just not producing. Finesh had six points, and that was literally about it. Um, they got to get something going there, whether it's a trade, whether it's a shakeup, who knows, but that offense is just not getting it done. The defense for Colorado, other than you know not getting those loose balls in overtime, they're doing fine. Uh, Dylan Ward is doing fine. That offense has to get moving. The other key, really, though, in this one is Vancouver finally gets that home win. They desperately needed that to get that crowd going once again in that city. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I'm just going to say, West, Westberg just kind of sitting there, uh, right-hander, offensive player, pretty good. Uh, might look okay in a Colorado uniform. He's spent a little time down in Denver over the past number of years. So uh, just putting that out there, Evan, putting that out there. I sat amongst the crowd at Rogers Arena on Saturday night, and, and part of what I like to do, I was actually, uh, I started out in the crowd, then I ended up, I got to get that, I got to get a little schmooze in here. I, I ended up getting called by the former owner of the Vancouver franchise, Denise Watkins, who became the very first season ticket holder in Warriors history when she sold the team. Part of the deal was she got to become the first season ticket holder for the Warriors. So she had a suite. She heard I was there. She uh, shot me a text, and I ended up watching the second half up in the suite with uh, with my lady, which was nice. Uh, good to see Dragon Queen once again. But um, during that first half, sitting kind of sitting in the stands, part of what I like to do is just kind of look around and listen to the comments that fans are making and just kind of take in the experience and I got to say, like, the win was was huge for Vancouver. Like, I really believe that they needed that. But the atmosphere inside Rogers Arena and the fan base that is in there, I I have some really good feelings about it. Like, I look around and people are generally enjoying themselves. They're kind of asking questions, but they're, like, super impressed with a lot of things and... It's just like I think it's getting better. Like I thought uh, the the DJ was better. The they're kind of figuring out when to hype the crowd and when not to, and all that sort of stuff. So I think there's a there's a big learning curve there, obviously for Vancouver, but they're getting it. And and I really kind of saw a fan base for 6,600 announced in there. It looked good, and they were really engaged in that game. And and I think entertained. And the five dollar beers doesn't hurt either, Evan. And and. That win in overtime, I think, you know, the majority of that fan base after seeing that for what they got, for what they paid, they're going to come back and, and watch that again. No question. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a little sad, and sometimes the camera angles just don't look right where you see a whole bunch of empty seats and like, uh-oh, what's going on here? But, you know, hopefully it's going to take root. And, you, and luckily you got an owner that's got the time to to put into this team and the money to put into this team to try and make it work. It's just going to take a little bit of time, but now if they can finally start to get some home wins, it'll hopefully bring that crowd back. Because in the past, that was their big problem was they just could not win at home, and 
the fans didn't bother to show up. Yeah, I I concur. I concur. Let's move on. So just to recap once again, I am now two and one. You are one and two in who we had. Next up, Saskatchewan at Georgia. And I, Evan, like I, <laughs> man, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. Like I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Saskatchewan play a worse 30 minutes in their history. Like that was debauchery. And I, I'm sure head coach Derek Keenan would concur that it, that, that was, I don't know what the heck was going on. They couldn't make a flip pass at center a couple of times to keep possession. The ball was being turned over, bad shots for election, getting lost on defense, couldn't get a save. It was uh, sideways. With all that said, their second half was impressive, but they, they're not going to come back from that against a team like Georgia, who was desperate for a win after losing two straight of their own. Saskatchewan some credit, but they come up short, 13-10, but they got to figure out their starts here a little bit, Evan, because uh, that was not impressive. And when we had the who you got last week, the reason I took Georgia is this is way too common with Saskatchewan. Look at last year. They were 10-0 and against the West. They were 4-4 and against the East in the regular season. When they go to New England or they go to Georgia, especially where these really long travel schedules are, and their West Coast players got to make that trip over, things just go awry. And I don't get why it's that bad, but it is that bad. This was seriously the worst half, and especially the worst first quarter of play all season by any team. And I'm not afraid to say that because it just was. They had that opening quarter, they had four shots on goal. They allowed six goals, and they turned the ball over nine times. <laughs> you know, like that is. And it wasn't just one guy. It was, it was like everybody. Nobody could catch a pass. It was really odd to see because. I mean, this is a championship-caliber team with a lot of good high-end talent on it, and they just they couldn't put it together for whatever reason. Um, so maybe that's not the worst thing for Saskatchewan. Not that they're riding high after three wins in a row, but I, maybe it's a, a good wake-up call that they need to kind of get back to work a little bit as they'll head for Toronto. It doesn't get any easier for Saskatchewan. Uh, interesting game will come up on who you got between Saskatchewan and Toronto. Uh, which will be a tough pick uh, later on in the show. You did take Georgia because you have that inside knowledge of Saskatchewan's record over the last little while. So I should have probably followed suit with you there. But you had the swarm. I took the rush. That means now I am 2-2, two and two, and you are 2-2, two and two, which leaves one game left here on who we had, Buffalo at New England. Evan, you took the Black Wolves. I took the Bandits. This one was never close. 15-5, the final Bandits. 11 points from Dane Smith. Two goals, nine assists. Vino, 39 stops on 44 shots. This one was a cakewalk for the Bandits after bouncing back after a loss against Rochester the night before. Yeah, and a little bit of a surprise to me anyways because they have to play this game in Rochester, which was a pretty physical game. Then they have to endure a seven-hour bus ride from Rochester down to the Mohegan Sun, and now try and play another game against a team that's red hot. And uh, you know, New England, everything went wrong. You know, they they went back to this rotating goaltender thing. <laughs> Dougie Jameson's back of the net. He's pulled relatively quickly because. You know, I believe he put allowed six or seven goals right off the hop. 
uh, you know, and Alex Bouquet came in, really couldn't stem the tide. So who is your starter? Pick one. It's really kind of a guessing game at this stage. Um, sorry, no, Jameson actually allowed nine. Uh, Bouquet allowed six. But, uh, you know, Ian McKay had a big game. Yeah. Uh, you take a look at uh, no Josh Byrne, no, no Josh Byrne in that lineup either, Evan, uh, for that one. That meant McKay slid up front and looked right at home on offense. And I, I don't know if you can take him out of the lineup after what he's done. I mean, Durston had an okay game, but for me, like if Byrne's healthy and ready to go next week, Corey Small put up seven points in that game. Um, by the way, Thomas Hogarth, uh, I know you're just going to mention him, Evan Schemnauer. He is third in the National Lacrosse League in goal scoring with 18 through seven games. I just, like, and, and Fournier dominated the faceoff. Like, I, I just go back and look around the league at players that Vancouver just released for nothing that are flourishing in the National Lacrosse League and... Not that they let Hogarth go for nothing, but Fournier they did, Dutch they did, Hostrauser they did, Burton they did. There's a Cree they did. There's a long list, and you just kind of wonder. Like it just it makes me wonder all the time how good Vancouver would be if they kept all those guys. Well, and if they kept all those draft picks, <laughs> think about all the players that other teams have picked at their draft picks. Mark Matthews being number one. Right. Yeah. They well, I mean, they, to be fair, they wouldn't team. have they wouldn't have some of the players that they do if if they kept those picks. But I, I get what you're saying. So, um, anyways, Matt Vince was unbelievable in this game, uh, which he usually is after not having a great game, which he was pulled the night before. He's one of the best at bouncing back um, after having a bit of a stinker, and he did that in spades on. Sunday. So to wrap things up on who we had, Evan, uh, after those five games, I believe we are now tied once again. Is that correct? Yeah, we're both 21 and 12. 21 and 12. Not bad. And again, for fans that don't know, like I am awful at predicting games. That's why I've never really done it. This is the very first year and probably my broadcasting history that I've gone on record with my picks. So I'm actually pretty happy with 21 and 12 so far. I don't know how you feel about your record so far, Evan, but a couple other notes here before we get to break. And then Shane Jackson on the other side here on extreme threads, lacrosse classified, just want to kind of give fans an update on what's happening as far as like who's leading the way so far in the NLL season, Sean Evans at the top of the table with 48 points, 12 goals, 36. That 36 assists is also best in the National Lacrosse League. Lyle Thompson has 20 goals. That is best in the NLL. I mentioned Eric Penny's goals against average at 10.39 is best, but it's a small sample size. Vino right behind him at 10.55. Frank Chiliano with the best save percentage, Evans, 7.97. Uh, for Frankie, who is playing maybe some of his best goal as a pro. Vince right behind him with 796 save percentage. The best power play is Saskatchewan at 73%, and Buffalo has the best penalty kill at 67%. And I mentioned those last two because, as we know, Evan, usually the teams with the best special teams near the end of the year are going to be the teams that make the run 
to the finals and uh, just kind of keep an eye on that as the season goes along. And the one thing I promised yesterday I would have to say because it's unbelievable, but it's there, the first place San Diego Seals. How unbelievable is that right now? <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. And, and I don't think either of us had them at number one in our power rankings, but uh, they're moving up the list. And they've got people's attention, no doubt about it. Uh Break time here on the Cross Classified. And on the other side, we'll catch up with number 32 of the Georgia Swarm, Shane Jackson. We're back after this on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Mitch Jones of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to the Cross Classified on Last All Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Uh, thanks to our friends at Pure Vital Labs, of course. Anything else would be on sportsmanlike sports fans. You can find them online at pvl.com. Their social media is at Pure Vital Labs, all natural and best products on the market. Check them out at Pure Vital Labs, and they love lacrosse. They're good people there at PVL, so uh, make sure you are supporting us by supporting them and now join us on the podcast from the georgia swarm he wears number 32 we go back to minnesota shane jackson uh welcome back to the podcast thanks for joining us thanks a lot jumbo thanks for having me our pleasure man uh big win yesterday over the rush always kind of a bigger game as far as regular season games go shane when you guys take on the rush that always swarm rush matchup always seems to be a good one yeah, I mean, I think we, our two teams the past couple of years have had very similar teams where, you know, we're fast and, you know, our defenses are very physical and our offense like to share the ball. I think, um, you know, every time we play against them, we always get amped up for that because they're usually coming off, you know, winning a championship. So you always want to, you know, see how you match up against the reigning champ. And, um, you know, the past couple of games, we've had some pretty good ones and um, it's always fun playing them. Uh, on yesterday that you had a massive start to the game. Now the rush maybe had their worst quarter <laughs> in a long time, but the key I think to the, the uh, game you guys put forward was you took full advantage of all those mistakes that the rush uh, were creating in the opening half. Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially in that first, they had a lot of open looks where they might've been dropping the ball and squeezing the sticks that, you know, they, We'll probably want back, but I thought our defense and, you know, Pooley have done an outstanding job, and especially that quarter, they played unbelievable. I mean, Mike Pullen, you know, he's been our MVP the first seven games, and without him, our, our record could be very different. And, um, you know, it was good. It was a good sign to see our offense get to, um, you know, a good start. We've been kind of, you know, we've just been taking us a little while to find that chemistry, and, um, you know, so – that was a good conference game for offense, I think. And like I said, our defense has been unbelievable thus far. And um, they showed in that first quarter. 
Speaking with Shane Jackson, you mentioned you know an offense that likes to share the ball and, and finding that chemistry. I want to kind of ask you a, a two-parter, if you will, here, Shane, so stay with me. But a newcomer in, in Holden Katoni, uh, Heine taking a bigger role, which leads me into playing with, with Lyle and Miles. Like, how fun is it uh, to play with, with the Thompson brothers? And, and how has Holden been fitting in? Because it really kind of looked like Eddie went out and, and – identified a guy to fill a need on that team. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the, I think you have the most success when everyone's working together, I find. You know, we have very, very, very talented offensive players, but the biggest thing is, you know, we all work together, and um, I think that's why we've had success these past couple of years. And um, I think I think Holden's been great at the start. He's a great shooter. Um, you know, I think – it might have taken a little bit to find out, find that chemistry within all of us using it. And um, I think we're just, we're not there yet. I think we're just, we're still taking, you know, the right positive strides and getting there. And I think that's what we got to focus on building towards because come late in the season, we all have to be on the same page because to win in this league, you know, it takes absolutely everyone. And, you know, um, if we're not sharing the ball and it starts getting stale, that's on us. So we got to make sure we're continuing to work together. And perhaps another guy on your offense that uh, has been contributing quite a bit and getting better every game is Ed Williams, guy that really didn't get a chance to play much and definitely not out the front door last year. Talk to me about uh, his contributions and how he's managed to fit into the system. Yeah, he's done great this year. I mean, coming from he, he was. Uh, you know, he didn't get in the lineup as much as he probably wanted to last year, and he was playing more of a defensive role. But this year, with losing Moose, it was his it was his spot. So, and I think he's you know hit the ground running. Um, you know, last game was a great indication of what he can do in this league, and um, I think he's been great. And um, might have taken him a little bit also to get you back used to playing offense, but um, it helps when you have. Miles, Randy, and Lyle on that side to talk with them, to talk through it, and they're hell of, hell of players themselves. So, um, yeah, hopefully he's uh, able to keep up what he's been doing this season. It, it almost makes me chuckle when you when you say it like that, Shane. Like, oh yeah, they got Miles and Lyle and and Randy Stotts over on the right side. Like, <laughs> it's just an unbelievable right side. As we speak with Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm, uh, you get the win last weekend, Shaner, but. The previous week to that, you go 0-2 on a, on a back-to-back weekend, which leads me into the question I'm about to ask you. You're going into another weekend where you play back-to-back. Mind you, one will be at home against New England and then at Rochester, but a big weekend here on the horizon for the Swarm with back-to-back games and both against uh, divisional rivals. Yeah, this weekend's absolutely massive. I mean, we, we take a one game at a time, and um, Friday night's a really big one because it's a season series uh, on the line with us in New England and um, Rochester. Once we play that game, we'll move on to Rochester. But watching their game this past weekend, you know, their offense is clicking right now. And um, so their defense is getting better and better also. So um, two big two big matchups. And, you know, every time we play these two teams, it's always a big game too. So um, we got to be ready and ready to match match the energy because we know both teams are going to be bringing it and um we got to be able to match that but um i think our biggest thing is we got to focus on what we do and um how we play because i think 
how we the way we play is a pretty good game, so we got to find that quickly in both games and um, you know stick stick to that. Uh, you had a bit of a shakeup this year with the expansion draft, and of course with another one coming forward, there's a good chance you're going to have this shaken up again. Is there any concerns about that, or do you just need to deal with it when you get, when the situation evolves? Yeah, I mean, starting the last year losing Halsey and Moose was a uh, you know tough blow there. Obviously, all their skill set on the floor, but off the floor is another huge part. They're great people, and um, you know it always sucks losing those guys. But I don't think it's something you can think about during the season. You just gotta that that you know you can't control that. All you can do is control how you play, and you know that's just professional sports. You're gonna lose some guys, and I mean. At the end of the day, it's it's making the whole league better because we're getting expansion teams and the league growing. So it's tough to you know it, you you get upset when you lose guys because you love playing with them. But in the grand scheme of things, I think it's a positive for the league. And I mean, you gotta look you gotta kind of look at it that way. And so um, I think our coaches and management will do a great job in keeping the right people. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. One more here for you, Shane Jackson. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast here, by the way. Uh, you've spent a lot of time down south, uh, Limestone University, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Limestone College and Onondaga Community College for two oh, years. Okay, so, and then, you know, now with the swarm down there in Duluth, um, what's what's the lacrosse culture like down there? Like, I know what people see on, on camera. I don't think that's necessarily a good indication on how popular the sport of lacrosse is down there is is it growing and and what are the swarm doing to help it grow down there shane yeah well i mean not many people know but almost every high school has a a lacrosse program down here and there's i know there's um you know the lb3 lacrosse program they have over like 12 1300 kids in the whole program so ever there's and then there's many other programs around in the area um um yeah so um Sorry, I was getting a call. Yeah, no um, worries. I just, I just uh, retrained your thought that. a little bit. You know, what are the swarm doing to help impact and, and help the growth of lacrosse down there? Yeah, I mean, this, I think the swarm have done a pretty good job, and we we throw youth clinics for programs, and myself and Brian Cole will go there and introduce the game. But I think I think the biggest thing that people don't realize is that what we play indoor lacrosse. I think a lot of people will just hear lacrosse and they automatically think it's the field game and um, I think once they find out it's box across and they actually do see it, um, I think they're, I think they're blown away with how fast paced the game is, and that's what we we kind of do. We with our clinics, we go and throw a two hour clinic and introduce them to what we play, and um, it's been great so far. That's awesome, man. Uh, Shaner, I appreciate your time here on Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for joining us. Good to catch up. And best of luck on a big doubleheader weekend. And hopefully we can talk uh, again sooner than later. I love the fact that you still got a, a BC area code cell number, man. Oh, yeah. I, when I played out there for the two seasons, um, I was done school and I was just was sick of changing my number, so I just said, oh, screw it, I'll keep, I'll keep the BC number. Everyone has that one, so we'll keep well, it easy for everyone. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, it wasn't so easy for me because I looked in my phone and I had about six different numbers for you, and the BC one is probably the one I didn't try first. So uh, your buddy Mark Matthews helped me out uh, finding the, the right number for you. I'm glad I, glad I found it and uh, glad we had a chance to catch up, and we'll talk soon. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. All right, Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm. They will take on New England first and then Rochester next. Uh, big doubleheader weekend coming up. For them, quick break here on the cross classified. Another on the other side, another lefty, and one that I think has maybe been so underrated throughout his career. You just look at the career numbers for Ryan Banesh, and he is right near the top of a lot of different categories. He's on the cross classified next. Keep it locked right here on Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified right here on LAX All-Stars. Big thanks to Shane Jackson for joining us. And a big thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging. My good man, Sean Ashworth and company over there at Associated Labels and Packaging. They create first impressions. You can find them online at associated-labels.com or at Associated LP, as in Labels and Packaging. Make sure you check out their stuff. Join us on the podcast, a good friend of mine and a good longtime friend of the show as well, Mr. Ryan Banesh of the Colorado Mammoth. Benny, good to talk with you once again. That's yeah, good to be back, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I got myself a new chair for the lab, so I've been enjoying that uh, for week eight of the National Cross League, sitting in a new chair at my at my desk as I record the podcast. It's much more comfortable supporting uh, and and most importantly, probably a lot quieter because it used to squeak when I moved, and and that was super annoying. So uh, there's my update. I got a new chair, ladies and gentlemen. It's very exciting nice. for me. Anyways, Big Ryan, time. enough about my chair. Uh, obviously, a, a tough game over the weekend, uh, an overtime loss to Vancouver. One was you know a game that I kind of felt you guys were in control in the second quarter and. Maybe let's slip away. Uh, what's what's your takeaway from that game on Saturday night uh, at Rogers Arena? Um, well, just like you said, it. I think we let it slip away. Um, you know, we, we we went in half with the lead. We were confident, and I think uh, maybe a little too overconfident. Um, you know, we let our foot off the gas. They got back in. They got some momentum, and ultimately, we couldn't turn it back around. But uh, you know, we, we learned a lot from that game, so we're going to take that into, you know, our next game here in Buffalo and uh, hopefully, you know, right the ship and, and turn it around. You had a tough season so far with your offensive unit. Uh, new head, new assistant coach uh, was Sean Williams there. Uh, what has changed with the system this year? And I guess what needs to be done to rectify the scoring production that's happened so far? Um, well, yeah, I mean, any, anytime you bring in a new coach, a new, especially a new offensive coach, you're going to have different systems that each one of them like to run. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're, we're finally kind of learning Willie systems. Um, you know, it's been a big change since, uh, since Chris Gill, um, last year, but, you know, I thought, I'm thinking for the most part, like we've, we've played decent, um, we've got good looks, um, we've, We've moved the ball pretty well, but we've run into a couple hot goalies. Um, you know, Del, Christian Del Bianco, 
the one game we played against Calgary was, you know, lights out. And then I thought, you know, Saturday night, Eric Penny stood on his head. Um, he definitely stole the game from him. He, he made some timely saves, some huge saves. And, you know, when you get a goalie that's, uh, that's playing well like that, you, you, you got a shot to win. And, you know, we've got Dylan Ward, which we know every night. Uh, we got a shot to win no matter what, but uh, you know we just got to be better on offense and and figure out find ways to to put the ball in the back of the net whenever we get those good looks. Speaking with Ryan Benesh, like I was, I don't know if, if it caught you guys off guard. I didn't know Boldy wasn't going to be with the team and Penny was going to be starting that game. And I was kind of looking around, going like, "Where's Bold? Where's oh Penny? Like Penny's going to start this game." So I don't know if it was a surprise to you. And and sometimes, not to say that you guys aren't doing your video and not being prepared, but you you plan and kind of strategize for for one guy, and all of a sudden you see another. But I, I want to go back to to Willie's system because you mentioned it's a a big difference between that system and Chris Gill's system and systems in general, Ryan, like you've been around a, a number of teams in this league and everybody kind of thinks, Oh yeah, you go out and you, you run some pick and rolls and, and uh, you just play lacrosse, but you know, similar to what, like maybe an NFL quarterback goes through and it's not that in depth, but you know, it takes time to learn under a new coach and a new system. And, when you're talking about a team sport, it takes a lot of time for, for that group to come together. Do you think it's maybe just a question of getting a little more comfortable in that system and then building the chemistry from there? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, you know, everybody's kind of got a role on the team, uh, no matter what. Uh, some guys just, you know, excel at, at different roles. Some guys are better pick setters, some guys are better passers, some guys are better shooters. So it's all about, you know, finding that balance and, and uh, you know, finding the system that works for everybody to get the best out of everybody. And I think Willie's, you know, we've got some some uh, unreal systems. Um, they're coming in, you know, we're finally learning them. We're, we're getting them, you know, down pat. So when we do run something, a shift, you know, we're doing it right. We're not kind of screwing up the little things here and there. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a matter of bearing down as well, you know. Like I said, we've got some good chances the last couple games. Um, we just haven't capitalized on those chances. And it's just one of those funny things in lacrosse. You know, one one game you could, you know, everything goes in the net. The next one, you know, nothing goes in the net. So, you know, I think we're, we're doing a good job. Willie's doing a great job. I know it's, it's difficult for him, too, because he's got to find that balance. He's got to come in. He's learning brand new players. You know, he's never... Uh, been around us well he's been around me but you know the other guys he's not so much but so he's he's learning us as much as we're learning him and uh you know it, it's coming together it is coming together and um you know i have the the most faith in in sean williams the guy was a great player he's a smart coach and uh you know we just got to be better for him here's one interesting thing i dug up this afternoon from graham Perro, uh fabulous stat guy I knew you were up there in all-time career points, and uh, what he pointed out to me today is you're just four points away from tying Lewis Ratcliffe for 10th all-time in career points. This is interesting because you you think of the Gates and the Tavares and the Grants when it comes to all-time point-leading scores. Ryan Benesh, not so much, but it's to me it's a thing of consistency throughout your career that it's not a big flash and everybody notices, but it's just that massive consistency. Are these milestones important to you? And, you know, how do you see 
your growth throughout your career as you came along? Um, you know, I don't think they're necessarily like important to me. Um, oh, it's important nice? to pass Ratcliffe though. Let's get that yeah. out of the way, right? You want to get <laughs> yeah, past Lou. That's for sure. I got to get past Lewis. That guy, he can, he can kick rocks. No, <laughs> love you, Lewis. You're listening. I love you, buddy. Um, uh, no, you know, they're not necessarily important to me. Um, are they nice to have the, you know, yeah, it, it's wicked to be recognized as, you know, having points and this and that, but, you know, I always say it's a team game, so I'm just, you know, fortunate to benefit off my, you know, the, the players that I've played with in my entire career. Because, um, you know, obviously without them, I'm nothing, right? Uh, so it's just one of those things where I, you know, every year I try to, you know, I hold myself to a to a standard, and um, I'm pretty hard on myself if I have a bad game. So I, you know, I try... I try to do the little things right. I try to do everything, you know, kind of similar on game days and, and play the same way. And, um, you know, if, if I'm struggling, then, you know, I got to change it, obviously. But for the most part, I've been pretty lucky to be, you know, consistent in my career. And, you know, again, that's a benefit from, you know, the great players that I've played with. Speaking with Ryan Benash, I know you're not going to you're not going to honk your own horn, ben, but I think the real testament to you is that, you know, not only have you been consistent, but you've been consistent pretty much everywhere that you've gone. And and I don't know if you can. Every guy can say that. Certainly, not guys that are up near uh, the top of the the all time career stats. Uh, as we speak with Ryan Benesh here now in Colorado, Benny. Like I'm still kind of figuring out what this mammoth team is about. I've been watching these guys. Like Kyle Killen to me has really kind of jumped off the page a little bit as a guy that I really didn't know a whole lot about. I think Eli is continuing to progress in his his career, and and I think he's on pace for a good one. But is there like maybe a guy or two in Colorado that you didn't really know before, but now playing with them for a couple of years, like just makes you go like, man, he is way better than I thought he was. Yeah, you know, you hit the nail on the head right there with Eli. Uh, that guy, he came into camp this year in phenomenal shape. I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was that good. Um, you know he's he's been dominant for us he's been i would say probably our most uh most consistent and best offensive player all year the guy hustles he's got a great shot you know he sets wicked picks and, and never stops working and, you know and he's a great guy that's the, that's the other thing too he's a great guy he he's the kind of guy kind of player that you know makes you want to play harder for him and um you know a guy like Kyle Killen, he's just scratching the surface right now. He finally got, got into the, the lineup. He's been, uh, you know, had some big goals for us, and, you know, he's played really well. And another guy, you know, I think Ryan Lee has stepped up pretty pretty big this, this year. He's, um, you know, we knew that he was good, and we knew that he had the potential to be one of our, our top righties. But, you know, I think this year he's kind of opened up some eyes and, uh, you know, make people realize just, you know, how special a player he really is. Plus, he's my roommate, so I think oh, a little yeah. bit of my stuff, my stuff rubbing <laughs> off on him for sure. Definitely. <laughs> well, last season, you you actually spent the uh, winter in Denver. This year, I believe you're back home in Kitchener. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um what was your experience like in Denver and what do you see uh, about the game, I guess, off the floor uh, and the growth of the game there in that city? 
It was awesome to spend, uh, you know, I, I spent four months there. It was unbelievable that Denver is the, one of the top cities that, that we're lucky enough to play in, in yeah. the NLL. And, yeah. you know, if, if I could, I think that would be one of the cities that I would move to for, you know, for long-term living. But, um, it's just, you know, a place like Denver is just, is great. Cause there's so much lacrosse. Like there is literally every day there's lacrosse, there's schools that want us to go there. There's, you know, clubs that want us to go there. There's box cross programs that have, that have progressed and progressed. And if you ever come to watch the, you know, the junior NLL tournament, the, the Colorado team is freaking phenomenal on every, in every age group. And, you know, that's because of guys like John Glant and, um, Matt, Matt Brown, you know, working with those guys, working with those kids almost every day, you know, trying to teach them box across and you can see it, it definitely is paying off. And, you know, I was fortunate enough last year to go do a couple clinics and help out here and there. Um, and, and just see firsthand the the growth that these kids have in box across already. And it's, it's outstanding. It, it truly is outstanding. Yeah, and, and really, like, not being a traditional hotbed like Ontario or British Columbia, like, Colorado is probably right there next in line as far as development of, of box lacrosse because of, of guys like Matt Brown and, and USA Boxla and the or the Colorado Box Lacrosse League. Like, some really good things are, are going on in that part of the country, and I and I really would like to see some other parts of the country kind of watch that, take that model and, and do that where they're from, because uh, it's clearly working. I, I don't think it's going to be too long. Like, right. We talked a lot about team USA and, and what they need to do to kind of get to the Iroquois and Canadian level, as far as box across. And it, like, it comes down to goaltending. And I really feel like the next great goaltender, like a Dylan Ward is going to come out of that system there in Colorado, but it just, it it's still kind of in its infancy, infancy a little bit, but it takes time for a kid to develop those skills like a Dylan Ward. Like you just don't switch from a field lacrosse goalie and become a great box lacrosse goalie. You got to develop those skills off a of year after year after year. But I think that's going to happen there in Colorado. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And you know, especially since Dylan is living there and he does get to work with those kids. Um, you know, they're, they're just learning from, you know, one of the best goalies that's, that's in the game right now. So there's nothing but plus, uh, on that. And then, you know, to have guys that have played in this league or still do play in this league, teaching them, it's, you know, it's just an incredible thing. And if I could, I would love to, you know, spend my time in Denver and it's so good. It's awesome. Like unbelievable. unbelievable. It, It really is. Yeah. And, if I didn't have a, a full-time city job here in Kitchener, I think, you know, I would I would have been back down in Denver 100% and, you know, try to get more and more involved um, in that, you know, in that box across. You have to be one of my favorite social media followers. Um, if you don't follow Ryan Benesh, you really need to because it's, he's amazing. At BennyBoy21, BennyBoy with a B-O-I on the end. Uh, for the yeah. Out there. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's you just enjoying the party lights of your house rentals, which I, I have to hire you to do my house rentals, they're that good, or, you know, good for a country music song at five in the morning, which was a complete gem, uh, 
and you actually still have a very good relationship with a lot of your old band as teammates and a lot of good ribbing going on there. Now we did prove, unfortunately that Dane Smith can pass the ball. He got seven assists this weekend, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> actually we, nine, we have, but yeah. Like, yeah, we got to have a little fun here. Is Dane Smith seriously the cheapest guy in the NLL? <laughs> Uh, I would say he's up there for sure. I don't think that guy's had had a wallet in his entire life. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna now. We're gonna. We're gonna like have to have Dane Smith on so he can uh, rebut uh, Mr. Benesh's comments here. But I, Evan's right. I think like you, you, you're a guy. Logan Shouse is another guy. Dane is another guy. That Mitch Jones, another guy. That you guys all kind of like to to poke each other on on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is. Uh, I saw yours on on Insta with Logan's post of his overtime winner, like. If it was any other team, I would double tap this, but I just can't do it, and and everybody was kind of chiming in, so that was a lot of fun. Um, Ryan, we won't keep you much longer. One more here from me. Uh, You mentioned, and Evan mentioned, the Bandits, and still a lot of buddies over on that Bandits team, but uh, an important game for you guys. Like this, you know, you don't must-win territory by any means yet, but uh, you don't want to let this skid kind of keep going here. What's it going to take in Buffalo to get it done? The total 60-minute team effort uh, to start. Um, you know, we've we've had some good conversation going on in our group chat this week so far already. And, you know, guys know that, you know, you might not think, we might not think this is a do-or-die, but, you know, we're going to treat it as a do-or-die because, you know, we're going to have to start winning some games here if we want to, you know, a shot at making playoffs or, you know, even home floor playoffs or anything like that. So, um you know, it's it's about putting in the work outside of, you know, the weekend. And I think a lot of guys uh, have finally, you know, realized that we need to commit more. And, and you know, we might think we're doing enough, but we're not. So, um, you know, we're just going to come ready to, to, to practice on Friday, you know, get ready for the game on Saturday. We're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to watch film, you know, read scouting reports uh, and, you know, just like I said, just be ready to go. And these are must wins. They are must wins for us right now at this point. Last one for me here. Um, we put out the photos, of course, of the box there in Bermuda, and you were probably the first player in the league. It's like 100% I've got to be there. What are you looking forward to uh, when you make the trip down to the island? Oh, man, just just to be there. That place looked unbelievable. It's so beautiful. Um, I don't I don't travel too much, so... You know, if I could go travel and play a little bit of lacrosse at the same time, that's just a bonus for me. Well, we are uh, hell-bent on making it happen, Benny, so uh, you're definitely invited and uh, can't wait to see you down there. That's a little ways from now. Um, until then, uh, be safe out there plowing those streets uh, <laughs> for the city. Make sure you send my best regards to the family. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen them, and, and I miss the Beneshes. Uh, yeah, so we'll do. pass we'll that do. along and uh, best of luck in Buffalo, man. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for, uh, for having me on. Our pleasure, man. Our pleasure. That was Ryan Binesh. He plays for the Colorado Mammoth and he plays very well for them. And as mentioned, just outside the top 10 of all time National Lacrosse League scoring. Probably a pretty safe bet he gets there this weekend in Banditland. What a career for Ryan Bernash and still going strong. 
Break time here on Lacrosse Classified, and then it's the sensation that everybody's talking about. Coming up next, it's Who You Got? With myself, Jake Elliott, and Evan Schemenauer, right here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, this is Jordy from Barstool Sports. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on Lax All-Stars. Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified, and you just heard it right there. Thanks to our friends at Extreme Threads. Customize your team with Extreme. You can find them at extremethreads.ca. Make sure you mention my name when your team signs up for an apparel package because your coach and your manager, they get a bunch of free stuff and you get some wicked looking uniforms or practice unis or jackets or shirts or team jackets, whatever you want. They can do it for you. Just find them at extremethreads.ca and then go to sales at extremethreads.com to place your order. It's Jake Elliott's Evan Scheminauer and it's everybody's favorite segment on any podcast in the universe. It's the new sensation. It's called Who You Got? And here we go, Evan. Week eight in the National Lacrosse League. Six games coming up. Can you believe it? Week eight already in the NLL calendar. Uh, Six big games. Three Friday, three Saturday. We've just gotten a quick note here that one of the games' time change has been made, which kind of helps stagger things a little bit which is always nice. Um, so, first game up, out of the gates. Ooh, but I believe it's my turn to host because well, somebody did get ahead. No, we're tied, Evan. Are we not tied? No. Tie yeah, always... but last time we had this, uh, when I, you had the big week, I got the host. Oh, so you, oh, so you, okay, so if I had, if I beat you in the week but we end up tied, then it's you get to go. Yes, I do. Okay, <laughs> just I want to. I just, just I want to be clear on this, Evan. The segment is called "Who You Got," and and when when you give oh, yeah. me, when you give me the "Who You Got," I need you to like bring it to me. So like, oh yeah, get, okay? believe me, I'll bring it. Okay, here we go. Because this has got really competitive now. We still haven't figured out that that, so we got to get that figured out. Yes, we do. Tough one to start the week. Socer Bank Center, Saskatchewan Rush, Toronto Rock. Who you got? Okay, let's start over because it's not who you got. It's who ya got. <laughs> who ya got. Who ya got. Okay, there we go. Okay. Um, Saskatchewan at Toronto. This is a 7.30 Eastern time start. A lot of players from Ontario on Saskatchewan, including their head coach, Derek Keenan, and his son, um, Matthews, Rubish, Corbeil, Jones, Finley, lots of Ontario players on that Rush roster. It's always a big deal for guys to go back home and play in Toronto in front of friends and family. Toronto sitting at 5-1. and one. They've been kind of sneaking wins out. I really feel like they're due for a loss, and I think Saskatchewan is going to rebound in big-time fashion. 
taking the rush over the rock. I've got the rush too, and once again, historical record. Toronto does not have a good home record against the rush. So I don't think they'll have that performance two weeks in a row. I'll take the rush on that one too. Now down south, New England coming off a massive loss. Georgia off a huge win. Down in Georgia, who ya got? (laughs) I... I'm going to take the swarm, Evan, because I they're five and two. New England's three and two, and yeah, the, New England's had some impressive wins so far this year, but they've also had a couple of disappointing losses. And I'm just not really sure who New England is yet. I'm not sold on their goaltending quite yet either. Poulin is playing at the top of his game. Georgia looked good last week. They're playing at home again. It's the first of a back-to-back, and you always want to get that home win in the first game that you play. And like Shane Jackson just said, Evan, season series on the line here as well. Give me the Georgia Swarm over New England. Yeah, give me the Swarm too. New England just got absolutely obliterated until they start picking us. they got to pick a starting goaltender. I don't care. Pick one and go with it. Um, I just don't know what we're going to get out of New England. I'll take the Swarm just as a safety factor. Next up, Philly still looking for that first win, hoping the Hawks. Who you got? This is I, – I, I've been saying it. I've been on record as saying it. Until you get a win, show me Philadelphia. I want to see it before I pick you. But what I've seen leading up to this week over the last couple for Paul Day's Philadelphia Wings leads me to believe that a win is right there for them. I think being at home, taking on an inconsistent Rochester team, I think the Wings got a shot here, Evan. I'm going to take Philly. Oh, you can't break your rule like that. No, 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 no. After Rochester got it figured out here, I'm taking the Hawks. I think they'll pull this one off. Philly, maybe the best 0-7 team ever, but I think they're going to be 0-7 at the end of this week. So well, give me Rochester. We finally got one different. Okay, so that's fine. Hey. That's fine because if I end up behind, then I get to say who you got anyway. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Following night. Rochester at home this time, facing the Swarm. Both teams coming off a game the previous night. Who ya got? Oh, now this is another interesting game. Because I am taking Rochester to lose against Philadelphia, do I take them to win against the Swarm at home the next night? I don't think I do. No disrespect here to the Nighthawks. I'm just, again, like New England, I'm still not quite sure what they are, and I think because Georgia went 0-2 the week before on a back-to-back, I think they go 2-0 this time. I think Georgia is one of the best teams in this league, and I think they squeak one out here over the Nighthawks on the road. Give me Georgia over Rochester. Give me the swarm, too. Uh, Of course, I'm taking Rochester to win the previous night, so I don't think that's going to be a much of a factor. But once again, I'll take the consistent team over the inconsistent team. Give me the swarm on that one. Colorado, coming to Buffalo. Buffalo, a little bit of an inconsistent team. Colorado still trying to find that offense. Who yet got? Colorado at Buffalo. One and four Mammoth, five and two Bandit. I, I can't take Colorado. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I just... I. 
I think there's some issues in Colorado, and like you said, if the offense needs a tweak, uh, there's something missing there in Mammoth Land. And I think they're going to struggle. I think Buffalo is really kind of starting to feel it right now. They're kind of finding their groove. Five and two, sitting pretty in the East. Vino coming off his best game of the season. Dane, po- Dane Smith with 11 points in his last outing. Give me the Bandits over the Mammoth. The Bandits win big or they lose big, and it doesn't seem to be anywhere in the middle. Uh, give me the Bandits, though. Yeah, Colorado still got to find their way. Buffalo, I think I know what I'm going to get, though. I'm going to take the Bandits in this one. So, so far, we only got one different pick, but here's a tough one to end the week. Vancouver headed to Calgary. Calgary had been a struggle lately. Vancouver coming off a big overtime win. Who yet got? This is a tough one, man. I well, Maybe it's not as tough as I'm making it out to be. I think that Vancouver getting a win at home, I think, was great for them. We still don't know the long-term prognosis for Aaron Bold. And for, for folks that don't know, is, I believe his wife uh, very sick, battling cancer for the second time and i haven't reached out to boldy i I plan to um it's a tough situation there for for him and his family um so i don't i wouldn't expect bold to be in calgary unfortunately which means eric penny starts again he hasn't had a whole lot of success in calgary although he's feeling pretty good after that overtime win I, st- I think I still got to go with the Roughnecks here. I think uh, I think they bounce back after being a little lackluster the last couple of weeks. I think their offense is going to show up. I think Del Bianco is going to show up. And Calgary needs a win, and I think they get it over the Warriors. I'll take the Roughnecks over Vancouver. I'll take the Roughnecks, too. Uh, they just got to get this offense sorted out with Dixon in the lineup. I think they got a couple of weeks to do it. They'll finally get it going. I'm not so concerned about whether Aaron Bold's in the game because I think Eric Penny will do just fine, uh, you know, if he's got to make that start. But the Roughnecks, skill-wise, player for player, are the better team in my opinion. I'm going to take them at home. And uh, we got an interesting one here where we only got one game different. And so basically either the Wings are going to get their first win or you're going to be hosting next week. I can't lose. I cannot lose because I win either way. Either I'm in the lead or I get to host, and that's just fine by me. Uh, Almost done here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. Uh, Big thanks to Shane Jackson and Ryan Banesh for stopping by the show. We're sponsors, of course, Pure Vita Labs, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Extreme Threads. Still working on our final sponsor. I know he's probably listening into this podcast, which will make him feel guilty that he hasn't called me yet, as we're looking for one more sponsor for who we had and who you got. Uh, so get at me, man. I know you're tuned in here. Uh, final things to take care of, uh, Evan Bermuda update. Should we get the fans a Bermuda update? It seems like we kind of have been doing that weekly, so we might as well. Well, of course, our, uh, our guest this week, Ryan Banesh, one of the first guys to, to call in saying, yeah, I'm there a hundred percent. So yeah, once again, a lot of interest. We're just working on logistics, trying to get the facility secured, uh, so it's still a go for 2020, uh, but, you know, the interest is out there. Just keep uh, tuned for website and registration info. 
it's going to fill up fast. You're going to want to keep on top of that one. Yeah, absolutely. We will be uh, – we're setting up a website. Uh, we'll have online registration, and we'll give you all the information about the tournament. There is a lot of boxes to check off when you're organizing an event like this. I didn't really – grasp the full, full concept of how much work and and how many things you got to take care of if you want to run a successful event but we got a a good man on our side that uh, is helping us out with that and uh, lots of people have uh, helped us out so far so uh stay tuned for that wla draft coming up not this week next week that's february 7th uh i'll be hosting that always look for i think this is probably going to be like my 15th or 16th wla draft i've called uh which is kind of neat so i look forward to that uh we mentioned eric bold if, if you're listening boldy uh thoughts and prayers are with you man and and you and your wife and uh god bless you man i hope uh i hope things are as well as can be expected right now um westberg still remi- remains unsigned and untraded uh you gotta think he's going to be moving somewhere i don't think he's going to end up back in a rough next jersey i think he's going to be moving somewhere when that is will be determined uh finally here evan before we let you go on lacrosse classified I know uh, something that's near and dear to both our hearts. Bell, let's talk uh, coming up in, in a couple of days from now. Yeah, and the Lax All-Stars are going to be making a massive push worldwide to get uh, everything going. It's on uh, Wednesday, I believe. This is on July, January 30th. All you have to do in your social media that day, if it's Facebook, if it's Twitter, Instagram, doesn't matter. Use the hashtag Bell, let's talk the entire day, whatever you're putting out there. Every time you do that, five cents goes to mental health research in Canada. And it's a fabulous day, you know, for someone like myself who has suffered from mental health issues uh, to this day. It's a great day to find people out there that are opening up, talking about it. It's something three years ago I couldn't have possibly, you know, discussed in public. It was, uh, you know, it was that much of an internal battle, but... Um, you know, this day has really opened my eyes and, you know, the lacrosse community, there's a lot of people who have opened up and it's helped me to finally come out with my issues so that I can try and also help others that are suffering from the same problems. Hashtag Bell Let's Talk. Uh, and if you're out there and you're listening and you're going through anything, Evan and I, our phones are always on for you. And uh, we're here. Just reach out and we can talk. I think that's it, uh, Evan. Random thoughts. When's that coming out? Uh, we'll see. It all depends upon my eyes finally are allowed to look at a computer screen for a few hours. Uh, found the stigmatism in each eye, so it's not fun. Ouch. Ouch. And. Yeah, and before we go, we should also uh, just quickly uh, lax All-Stars power rankings. Oh, out. yeah, yeah. Okay, let's run these down here quickly, Evan. So, uh, first place, Georgia Swarm moving up three spots from four to one this week. Number two, Toronto Rock staying even. The Rush fall two spots from three down to, or from one down to three. Buffalo goes from five to number four this week. The San Diego Seals, even though they didn't play, up one spot from six to number five. New England Black Wolves, one of the biggest drops of the week uh, from number three all the way down to six. Rochester, their big win against Buffalo moves up from up to number seven. Calgary, inactive, but falls one spot because of the Nighthawks' win down to number eight. Vancouver moves up one spot to number nine. The Colorado Mammoth now at number 10 in the winless Philadelphia Wings, still at number 11. 
There you go. Those are the Lacrosse All-Stars Power Rankings. I know uh, we both had a vote in those. Uh, all right. We're out of here. For Shane Jackson, Ryan Banesh, thanks for coming on the show. To you, the loyal listener, for checking out Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified every single week here on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. For Evan Schemenauer, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified.